You guys are locked in to the power of she here on Sin with myself, Jenna, and my lovely, lovely guests, Sophia and Ali. Hello. Hello, hello, guys. Oh. Today is so exciting because you guys are coming back for part two of what was an incredible conversation that we had on last season. Because if you guys don't know, this show is about playing you all fantastic females, but it is also about having the incredible conversations that we are able able to have and discussing what it is like to be a young woman so Oof. ladies are you ready to to spill the tea all the tea hopefully you will have some tea that's not going to stain but will help people to understand your perspectives and to understand your point of view because the conversation that we are referencing that we were able to have last season was a conversation about what it is like to be a woman of color mm-hmm. and the different experiences that you guys have because last season was very much about understanding you know the different things that young women go through the kind of different intersections that there are that affect the experience of young women now this season i want to focus a lot more on making it more personal so that people are able to see that yes we do have these differences as young women but at the end of the day we have so many similarities as well we have so many things in common with one another even if you're not a woman of color listening into this show take this as your opportunity to be a fly on the wall we are going to pick up where we left off ladies and I feel like where we need to start is to just give a little bit of a roundup so the question that I asked you when you first came on was just a little bit about your own personal backgrounds so we will start with you Sophia um would you be so kind as to just give us a quick little roundup of kind of your experiences as a young woman okay i will try i'll do my best um so um i'm mixed race so my father is angolan and my mum is australian german english but australian settler and i grew up in gippsland so in the countryside um so majority of white people in my area i think i was one of two people of color in my primary school and my high school and um, so I always, I think, knew I was different or felt different, but was always trying to fit in with everyone and be, I think, as white or white passing as I could. I found it one of my main experiences and something that I'm still dealing with now as a person of colour, but also as a mixed-race person of colour, is this battle with either feeling too black for white people and not black enough for black people. Mm. And I feel like mixed-race people have this struggle where... Um, you feel like you have to hold on, you're holding on to two cultures and battling so many identities, but also that um, certain groups of people feel like because sometimes, because you are lighter, just visibly looking lighter, that you then have suddenly all of this privilege and this entitlement and that people will always listen to you but that hasn't been my experience because then in my own personal activism and in trying to vocalise my voice and issues that I have had or trying to represent Indigenous Australians and things that they're going through when I've listened to them and their stories people don't still won't accept what I have to say but then if someone who is white or a white Australian says the same thing then they're going to gain greater acceptance for what they're saying and I think that's been a huge part of my experience and growing up with a lot of um, African cousins and always being picked on for being the lighter person even today with some of my friends who um, are full not full full is the wrong word because I don't feel half but Mm. who are darker than me and their friends will be like, oh, that's the light skin, your friends are light skin. And it immediately makes you feel ostracised from the group and, like, you're not good enough for everybody else. And, like, you have to prove that I speak the language, I eat the same food yeah. as you, mm-hmm. you know, I have the same upbringing as you, and you can't say even that things might have been different because then you are not good enough or equal to everybody else. Oh, oh, preach, sister. So My much. Heart. Sorry. <laughs> no, that no. was perfect. Thank you so much for giving that kind of roundup of your experience and of the things that you went through. I just want to say before I jump into asking you the same question, Ali, I just mm. want to say that you're here to just give your own personal experience, your own mm-hmm. personal perspective. Some people's, I think, experience will be different. Of course, of course. Yeah, not everyone who is mixed race has had the experience that I've had or may have felt, may have felt at a better or even a more 
more negative experience than me, but that was my personal take yeah. mm-hmm. from yeah. yes. So Ali, I will put the same question to, oh. to you. If you would be so kind as to just kind of round up the things that we were talking about um, on that episode to kind of give people a bit of a recap of your personal experience growing up as a young woman of colour and like like Sophia touched on, just the things that impacted you and how you realised you were different. Absolutely. Um, for myself personally, my background is um, Filipino. Um, I was actually born in Auckland, New Zealand. We moved to Melbourne when I was... New Zealand. We moved here when I was five, um, to Melbourne when I was five. And yeah, like um, it's been a challenge for me and I feel like I always have to prove how Australian or how New Zealander or how... Mm. Filipino I am by being like oh my dad grew up like uh, on the west side of town like in Melbourne he went to this school and my mom you know she went to high school in Auckland you know she did this and that and she still got a funny accent and ha 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 um, and you know having to speak Tagalog which is the um, Filipino language just to prove that I am this but at the end of the day I always feel like I'm constantly just juggling balls of yeah, I swear I'm this and I swear I'm that. But I've always been too Filipino to be Australian, too Kiwi to be Filipino and too Australian to be Kiwi. Um, It's always just been that you're not enough of anything, like Sophia, to be this. Yeah. Um, But and and similar thing where I was the only Asian kid in school... (laughs) Um, so it was very difficult. Um, we, I grew up on the southeast side of Melbourne. It is predominantly Caucasian down there. Always loved it. I, I still live there. I would never really want to live anywhere else. And now that I've travelled the world, um, just but, a light flex. Yeah, just a light flex. You know, I'm hella flexing tonight. I don't even care. But like, you know, I've realised that home is such an amazing place. We live in such a beautiful city. Mm. We're so blessed. Um, and living on that side of town, you know, you do get to experience a lot of different um, cultures and people, but it was predominantly Caucasian where I grew up. Um, and so trying to find that balance of being, like, living with my Filipino family um, and going to school with my Caucasian friends and just trying to find where I sit mm-hmm. was always such a struggle. And not going to lie, even to this day, at the age of 24, I still struggle. Um but I've kind of now, thankfully, I've sort of learned to just be like, fuck it. Who really cares? Mm-hmm. You know, I am who I am. I think both of us or all yeah. of us really can relate to that idea that people have a, a you know, this box idea yeah. of cultural identity and you are one thing mm-hmm. and you are only that. Or if you are this, then you must have all these traits. And it's coming to that understanding that because as humans we're so not one-dimensional at all that there are so many layers and complexities to us and to our ethnicities and our cultural identity that one person cannot, you can't, you know, stereotype someone anymore. Like there's just no room for it. I think that, you know, what we're trying to get people to engage with here is I feel like people will be so unaware Mm. of this. People won't really see it if they don't experience it. Definitely. And I think that's hopefully what people can take away from this show. But at the same time, I feel like from the outside perspective, everybody else knows exactly what your cultural identity is. Mm. But the irony of it is the fact that you personally don't. Yeah. Everybody else has this. Yeah. Instantly, they'll look at you and they'll be like, okay. Yeah. Like, they instantly know, feel like they know so much about you from your, like, your mm. appearance. Yeah. But the whole irony that I feel like we're trying to explain and trying to tap into is mm. that actually, as people of colour, we struggle with that identity because, as you say, Sophia, you know, you, and even as you say, Ali, trying to juggle, trying yeah. to keep up with everything and be like, oh, but I am this, oh, but I am that. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? Um, You don't feel like a certified XYZ because, you know, you've grown up in this world, especially in the Western society, where there's just so many different races and you're not, you don't look like 
what everyone else does. Yeah. In the country that you, you don't speak the same from. way, or yeah. you didn't have every single. You know, your parents didn't treat you in the exact same way. Yeah. Or they didn't cook the exact same food every day, or they weren't as strict on you, or they were stricter on you about things. Yeah. And so it's like you don't fit the mold anymore because you don't have the same experience. Hundred percent. So many questions, not enough answers. No, nope. you <laughs> don't got the answers, way. <laughs> I tell you who does have the answers, though. Oh, Mel go. Bailey has the answers. Hey. <laughs> so we're gonna throw on her track. Funnily enough, it's called Answers. Let us know what you think on the socials. Please do engage with the show at the Power of She on Instagram. We'll be back with some more hot, hot topics, hot, hot conversations, and of course, fantastic female artists. Here is Mel Bailey. You are locked in to the Power of She. Before that, we had Snow Allegra, and before that, we had Mel Bailey. We are chatting today, though, ladies. Are oh, we not? We're having deep, deep conversations. Part two. <laughs> I'm so excited for this part two. We were so hyped, like in the studio. We we're like, no, we have to go. Like, we have to wrap this up. We're gonna have to part two it because we got into some really <laughs> great discussions. Because that's what we love. We love having discussions here. We love talking about things so that people can understand things differently. So the perspective that you ladies are kind enough to be chatting to me about today is what it is like to grow up as a young woman of color so you gave me a little roundup before and you know it was a nice little recap on what you guys said before as to where you really realized that you were different from other people i use the word different very loosely mm, i'm so, just a mixed bag really <laughs> you are you though <laughs> the goodie bag no that caught oh, me so off guard that was so cute i can't it's beautiful <laughs> don't make me cry it's like too it's early the in the show thing <laughs> no. honestly i feel like special. that's what we're trying to get at is that that we do realize these differences and we acknowledge that people have different experiences but the main point that is really recurring throughout this season and throughout these episodes is that when we grow up as young men, when we start to reach the age of being young, young like adults, mm-hmm. you start to realize that it is the things that set you apart and make you different that are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. That you know, there you, you you hate them when you're younger, like. Yeah. You know, look at Solange, like, don't touch my hair. Like, we've spoken about hair beforehand yeah. from our perspective of, like, the like the huge issues and barriers that we've had, like, Sophia and I can relate mm-hmm. to about hair. Ali has gorgeous, thick, straight hair. No, don't, don't get me started on hair. <laughs> don't get me started on hair. We explained curl patterns to you, you last, did. last I, season. I learned something so new. Yeah. So wild. I'm going to get you a chart. Yeah, little, little hair. Please, yeah. yeah. Put, put a poster in my bedroom. Okay, we'll get you sorted with the chart. But Thank was, you. <laughs> yeah, but it was nice to be able to introduce you to that and for you to understand. Mm. But that's definitely something that I can say growing up was something that I struggled with. But then when you reach that kind of level of maturity, you understand that it is those things that make you different mm. and the things that set you apart that make you cool. Like I was saying, the out crowd. Ali's, Ali's like looking at this chart like so confused. <laughs> I'm so amazed. <laughs> I feel so bad I've distracted her. No, I feel like we'll, 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 we'll post awesome. a kill chart on, uh, on the Instagram story. But yeah, you're right. It is the things that um, that make you different that you go, actually, I'm grateful for that and I see my heritage in that. And also I think a lot of the adversaries that we've had to face make mm. you, they keep you in touch with reality, I think, a mm-hmm. lot and make you more empathetic to the experiences of other people, not oh, just 100%. people in your own Oh, my yeah. God, you are just yeah. preaching to the choir, girl, Ooh. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we have to we've we've rounded up the discussions, but I feel like we have to pick up <laughs> where we left off. I oh. know you're very excited for this Ali, but no, no. we left we left <laughs> it a very heated conversation. It was very, very intense. Now it was discussions about Sophia's DMs. <laughs> <laughs> but let's be real, it was Sophia's DMs. That's what it was. Okay, so I get a lot of messages. Um I don't know if I should be look, people from 
from my from my church are going might listen to this. But anyways, um, so <laughs> I I have a I have a Tinder profile. I'm just gonna be <laughs> the silence was deafening. <laughs> I'm very on and off. I feel like a lot of people relate to the fact that like you're either on Tinder and then you like delete it, and then mm. you're like, oh, actually no, like no, I'm gonna get Tinder again. I feel lonely. I've been a day in a while. But every time you come back, it's like the quickest, you know, excitement to regret ratio ever. Like it's <laughs> yeah. more regret. It's quicker than eating KFC regret ratio. Oh, like <laughs> hardcore. Oh. But I just get the strangest, and a lot of my friends as well, who are women of color, get the most obscure messages. Like I have sent since we last did this episode some really bad screenshots to these girls in our group chat. Ooh. It was amazing. Oh, I was like, as if people have the audacity to say that. Do we really want to get T for? Do we want me to read them? Read oh my god! Yes, 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 yes. yes. Oh, no. I love okay. that. Ooh. Let me go into our group chat because I need oh, to. Oh, did I ever tell it? you about the one that I got when back no, when I was on Tinder? While I'm trying to find. Oh my this. gosh, it was ridiculous. So I. This is the, really the inside yeah. scoop on what it's like to be Legit. a woman of color. You know. Yeah. So for anyone at home who isn't. 100% sure, doesn't quite know geography. Um, the Philippines is in Southeast Asia. Um, and I do have um, Chinese, Portuguese, and Spanish ancestry. See, goodie bag. Mixed Good bag. With that. I'm going to use that from now on. So I'm very much look very, very Asian. Um, you know, kind of your typical chinita is how I like to describe my look. Um, and I'm not going to lie, I'm very proud of my body. I work hard on my body. I've been a dancer since I was five years old. So Again, light flex. It's I'm, okay. I'm just saying, bro. I'm just saying, bro. But, but you should be proud of your body, though, right? Like, you should be proud of your body. Yes, you should. Yes. Um, but I'm so very it should proud. be a heavy flex. Yes, it's a heavy flex. Heavy heavy like my thick honey thighs but I'm proud of it and so you know back on tinder I was single I was like yeah you know what I'm gonna show off a little bit and so a couple of the photos a couple of bikini pics here and there you know okay. what I'm saying Hi. Um, Hi. and with this one guy slid into my DMs oh, he was a Caucasian no, no, no. very young he was and a Caucasian <laughs> <laughs> Why is oh, that funny? Oh, funny? Oh, oh Lord. Oh, anyway, continue um, the story. So he he goes, in the first picture, you look like the innocent little Asian girl that sits at the front of class answering all the questions correctly. Get this, though. And he goes, in the second photo, you look like the Asian porn star of my dreams. Wow. And I'm like, oh, unmatch immediately. Ah, I don't even know I, how to, like, respond to that right, I was, at all. That's why. You just unmatch. Bye, Felicia. Thank you, next. <laughs> the Asian porn star of my dreams. Like, yeah. he really tried to flatter you, but then he was <laughs> like, but like, I don't like, look, flatter you with pornography. Yeah. yeah. It's it's like, with <laughs> racial stereotypes. <laughs> it's like, look, now we know what you watch, okay? Now we know what you're into. <laughs> now know your kinks are. Go and ha- hang out with Asa, Kira, and all of them. Then, I'm not your gal. But then no. it also opens that whole other, like, issue, like, say, for some reason, mm-hmm. you'd had a bad week and you're like I'm gonna go on a date with this guy and then like does that mean you have to go and like you know do your research yeah. or like you have to fit then his like expectations dude I actually never thought of that like, like at imagine. all no I it's so hard in general just being good enough for men gosh oh. hey you don't you don't have to be good about enough for nobody I know but they really think you do don't they yeah no oh. mm. sorry mm. Shane I think Sophia and I were having this kind of conversation literally before we came in the studio yeah with regards to feeling like you're good enough ladies I think that's the main key issue we get a lot of weird messages mm. that are just maybe it's all people trying to be nice but they just don't I don't think people really think about what they're saying to realise that that's actually offensive yeah um, we'll, we'll get on to Sophia's oh my God, example. I'm, it feels like this is one I prepared earlier. Yeah. Like, here you go with your example. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. so someone once asked me, a guy once asked me, oh, where are you from? I get that all the time. Where are you from? Sometimes I just mm. play dumb and I'm like, I'm from Melbourne. Um, but I just <laughs> decided, I was like, no, I'm from, you know, Angola, which is West Africa or to the West. Um, and he was like, damn, that's cool as I've never had chocolate. Sorry. <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> Did you, were you like, oh, you've never had Cadbury before? <laughs> I don't know if I replied. Oh, are you talking about Hershey's? Like, what, what we, do you guys have Freddo's? Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. You're like, don't look like a Freddo. <laughs> <laughs> also, 
his assumption was then kind of like, I've never had chocolate as if he's going to get it from me. Like, before, <laughs> like we're not even there yet. Like, we're, no, we're not here. We're not here. Oh what do you, what does he expect you to do? Get on your knees and be like, yes, daddy. Like, yes, my daddy. White yes, king, yes, my white king. My white king. That's how all oh. of us wake up in the morning. Wow. <laughs> that's how every African, wow. that's how love when we get up. Not even just Africans or people of colour. Like Literally. the universal call. <laughs> so the sun's up, it's the Lion King or nothing. <laughs> you weren't, it's like that meme where you even, where you even black, where you even a person of colour if you didn't wake up to the Lion King. Uh, it's too much. <laughs> oh my God. Are you ready for number two? Yes. This was, this wasn't even, this was a DM entry and I, there was no other message before this. Mm-hmm. And it was, hey, pretty face, let's have interracial sex. <gasps> oh my God. Oh my God. No, no. Oh, are you kidding? Wow. How can you ever, ever think that that's like you're in? Like, who raised you? Like, that you can, just say that to I someone. Think it's just a you know? lack. It's a lack of like not on even a parent's fault because I'm not gonna put that on poor Cody's mum or call it poor Billy's mum for that. So she had <laughs> nothing to do with that. Poor Barbara is at home with her, you know, free <laughs> mixer or whatever it is. You know the mixer things that all those mums own anyway, minding her business, <laughs> and her son is out here causing strife. It's I don't even wow. know. Anyway, this is amazing. Oh, it's one of these things that I feel like unless you really experience it, you just uh, will be so oblivious. So I hope mm. people at home can find it entertaining to realise that this is the kind of mm. foolishness. Laugh that at we... our pain. <laughs> Please yeah, laugh at yeah. our pain. Yeah. It's the oh. best way to understand it, I reckon. <laughs> I feel so. I feel so. I think that the conversation that you girls were kind of having with me last time, mm. we discussed this foolishness and we discussed the kind of weird messages and why we get the weird messages because I think that what we were all trying to express is that there's a difference between appreciating somebody mm. for their own beauty and like being kind of like fetishized at the same time like, uh, d- oh, it's like mm. I was saying before like I don't I personally don't <laughs> like the phrase exotic yeah because no. I literally say no. every time like I am not a mango no you sweet like one though oh! hey! and that is how you turn it around I'm just saying boys that's how that's how you get the girls fix yourself okay? fix yourself no but like <laughs> I got a blush in no, y'all <laughs> No, a lot of people have. I have a personal problem with that, with that Mm. term particularly. I think a lot of women of color do because it makes you just feel like you can acknowledge my culture. Probably this is last time you can acknowledge my culture and the the difference in me without it being sort of like I am dating you because of that or I am interested in you because of that. You're interested in me just on on the fact that I'm a human, like not because I'm a token. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Last yes. time Sophia, you were like, I'm beautiful. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I joined fabulous. the queue. <laughs> <laughs> we all in here. We fabulous. Yes, Ooh. girl. No. Mm. Oh. Well, well, Ooh. ladies. Before before the tea gets spilled too much. Before we run out of tea. Well, we've got plenty of tea. We're not going to run out of tea. <laughs> no, we will never run out of tea. Look- but we are going to jump into another track. Up next, we have brand, brand new Sophie Grophy <gasps> is her oh, name. Oh, Ali. Is it Sophie Grophy? Is it, it confirmed? Is, it's Sophie Grophy. Yeah. Confirmed by who? Confirmed by her- social media. Okay, cool. Got it. This is her new track that dropped today. It's called Rolls Royce. And it's actually produced by Kwame. So, oh, shout out go. to the boy. There we go. Well, I still need on. a photo with him. I'm, well, just, I'm putting it out there. Okay, okay. You can put it out there. Yeah. If anybody um, is homies with him, please tell him that Ali still needs a photo with him. Okay. Just saying. There, there you go. There's, there's, your, there's your shout out. Shakes. But we're going to stick to the females and we're going to check on this track. Let us know what you think on the Instagram. This is Rolls Royce by Sophie Grothy. You're locked in to the power of she. That was brand new Jess B with Bump Bump. Yes!
And before that, you listen to brand new Sophie Grothy with Rolls Royce. We're going yes. heavy with the Australian ladies today because it is nice <laughs> to play international artists. But it is also important, thank you, Sophia, <laughs> to pay love to local ladies as well. Mm-hmm. So those two ladies are lovely. Those two tracks are incredible. And they lead us nicely into our back into our discussions, back into our chat. Yes. Because for those of you who are just joining us, welcome. Come through. We are talking today about the experiences of being young women of color because as we mentioned, we've chatted a lot about the different experiences that young women face growing up. Talking about a range of things. We talked about social media, we talked about lack of representation of body sizes, you know, races, ethnicities, everything. Uh, and yeah, we're trying to really allow this season to be a lot more personal so that people can relate. So you guys are here today to tell your story and to give your own personal, your opinions and your experiences. Yeah, so we spoke before about the wonderful topic that is boys and <laughs> the um, the lovely DMs that Sophia has been, been getting, which is always fun, <laughs> always good. But I think that what really ties that in, Sophia is obviously very triggered by this by this line of discussion. I feel like of course, I just exposed myself. No, <laughs> you did not expose. You exposed. You exposed people who should yeah, be exposed. Exactly. <laughs> you didn't give you didn't give government names of those boys, so it's okay. No, except but maybe Barbara. Barbara. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. But the key concept, I feel like, within those messages that you get. It's all about discourse because I was saying there that I personally find the word exotic offensive because mm. I haven't even explained. For those who don't know, don't know on this show, I am mixed race like Sophia as well. Half English, half Jamaican. And yeah, like I find being called exotic a negative because just personally, I can't speak for every mixed race woman. I can't speak for every person of colour, but personally, I find that offensive, as I was saying, because it's like kind of gives the impression that I'm exciting. Or mm. I mean, I am. I'm, I'm great, but like You're I am so in- exciting, babe. Yeah, yeah, but that's because I'm Jenna, not because of what I look like or because of my racial background, mm. kind of thing. And that's the point. And I think that the more we have these discussions, the more we explain to people why we perhaps find things offensive then we're able to get somewhere and we're able to progress there's no point in just saying you know getting angry at people and being like i don't like that well this is why this is the opportunity for people to understand because i think that discourse is so important like we can look at many words and i'm sure i'm going to ask you guys kind of about the words that you might have issues with that are used to describe you in the least offensive way yeah and um and see what your thoughts are on this whole notion of discourse because I feel like there are boys literally sliding in, in your DMs thinking those things are okay to say. <laughs> and Sophia's like, nah, no. Oh, hell no. Hell I'm no. sure some of them are fully aware that it's not okay to say, but they want to seem, they want to stand out to you. Mm. So they're going to say it anyway. And what? it's like, mm, no. Yeah, they want to stand out or it's this thing where it's like, I'm going to say, like, the most idiotic thing and then maybe that will actually end up working in my favour. Instead of just being normal and being like, hey, how are you? How was your day? Like, yeah. What, tell that would me be about so yourself, nice. literally. Oh, that would be lovely. <laughs> tell me about yourself. Said no boy ever. <laughs> let's go after. Let's go out. Where is the? This was. They were all sexually charged too. Like, where is the? Hey, you want to get a coffee? I'd yeah. love to get to know you. Hey, you want to go on a picnic? Or let's like hang out. Let's go on a Macca's run. Like, it's not that. Oh, I love that. Yes, I, take me on a Macca's run. Oh, guys, come back to the courting thing. Oh, yeah. Not, it's not for everyone, but like dates are cute. Yep. Going back to the discourse yes. though, Sorry. and. <laughs> the words no that's so important what you were saying Sophia but going back to those analyzing the words I Mm. feel like we get very caught up in that because people instantly shut down you know somebody might say the wrong thing Mm. and quite rightfully somebody might be offended by that and it's just an instant shutdown yeah and it's like how do we get people to kind of understand and how do we make it more accessible so that people can understand the language because as we said earlier you know we can't speak for all people of color but i feel that there are definitely certain words that i would find offensive that other people don't find offensive at all like i was saying to you guys personally i don't like to be called half cast yeah and i know that that was the appropriate word you know maybe a few years ago or for previous generations but as times have progressed 
personally I find that offensive because I was like I'm not half of anything mm. I am a whole person I'm I'm mixed race I am a mixture of two different races but that doesn't make me any less whole yep kind of thing and I think that it's fine for people to you know mess up maybe once if it's genuine ignorance and they don't know but how do we get people to be more receptive to what we're saying and to just be open to changing their language if you see what I mean I think it's um it's interesting that you brought up half caste because it, it came up recently. I'm a law student and one of my units that I was studying, we had to do these oral presentations on different cases, like prominent mm-hmm. cases, and one of them was an Indigenous case. And obviously the terminology, like 20 years ago, that was quite normal to use. And a lot of the students in my class were using it without really thinking about it and we had to actually have a discussion about mm. why that wasn't appropriate. But I think it's coming back to this understanding that when anyone brings something up with you, if, if I say to you, um, this is this is racist and it offends me, it's not me saying that you're racist, it's just yeah. me saying this this is discriminating against me or against a group of people based on their race yeah. and it is hurtful. And it's not to say you're a bad person, it's just you didn't know and I'm telling you so that other people aren't hurt in the future and it was a mistake and I'm going to take it as a mistake. It's when you continue to do that of your own volition, when I have expressed to you that that is hurtful to me, then I'm like, no, I'm not okay with that. But it's don't feel attacked if a person of colour brings something to your attention and goes, hey, that's actually not okay for me and that, you know, makes me feel very hurt or that has a history with me and my family and my background and we've never used that term or that phrase or acted in that way. Don't, yeah, don't be hurt by that or feel like, oh, I'm such a bad person or get your guard up about that. The more yeah. open I think we all are to having those discussions, the the better we become and the closer we become to kind of having that unity, really. Mm. I think that's so correct yeah. what you're saying, Sophia. I think you're so right. It's about being able to adapt. It's about being yeah. receptive to what people say. And I think I said this before, but it's about listening to understand rather yeah. than listening to respond. Yes. Yeah. And I think too many people are quick to just you know fire back and take it as an offense take it as like a negative but when you actually listen to understand and think okay why is this offensive educate yourself there are things that all of us can educate ourselves on irrespective of our race um yeah educate yourself about why that is upsetting somebody and then you can go forward and you know in take that in as actual proper learning yeah rather than just answer back straight away and be like oh well you know i have a black cousin and he doesn't find that offensive that's not that doesn't see i yeah i have this i have an issue with things like that in terms of like trying grasping at straws to justify what you've said so that you don't feel like you've caused pain on someone else. Yeah. Um, and I think as human beings in the society that we've grown up with, it's we're all very quick to go on the defence and yeah. to be like, you know, if you, like you said, Sophia, someone said, you say, that's racist um, and it offends me, someone will quickly go, why are you calling me a racist? Yeah. I'm not racist. Look at me, I've got like a black friend, an Asian friend, and this and this and this. And it's like... But that's not what we're saying. And you're grasping at any little straw you can to try and make yourself feel better instead of opening up your mind and just being like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, you know, tell me a bit more. Or even if you don't want to know a bit more, just be like, I'm sorry that I hurt your feelings, you know? It's also straight-up tokenism yeah. right there to just be, like, grabbing at whatever, whatever friends you have that are of a different background to mm. you to then be like, I'm a good, well-rounded, cultured person. Mm. Like, then you're just doing exactly what you said you weren't because you're saying, they're saying, uh, just because I have these friends means that I believe all these things mm. and you're using them to, as, like, a shield for you yeah. rather than actually going, no, I care about these people and I don't need to use them as a battering ram to justify myself and yeah. my identity. And, like, I'm not going to lie, I'm sure, like, back in the day, I would have I'd, I've done that as well without even realising, yeah. just because you don't you don't think about it sometimes. Yeah. You've, like, you've said something wrong, someone's gone, oh, that that wasn't very nice, and you'd be like, hey, but, like, you know, I've got yeah. this, this homie and this person and blah, 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 and it's like, no... I like you need to take yeah. a step back 
before you say something. Yeah, and I it's think. definitely yeah. a growing thing, and it's and mm. that's the thing. No one wants to be racist. No, but that and we don't have an intention to hurt people. But we also have to be like, okay, if I don't want to be, <laughs> I mean, yes, it's, it's, a, it's a case people, by case thing. But majority of I think society doesn't want to be racist. So then no. you actually have to go, okay. How do I not be racist? Because there's even unconscious biases and unconscious things that oh, we do girl. and beliefs we hold about people that are prejudiced. And even myself, like, all go home, get on the Harvard website and do the unconscious biases test and see what Ooh. happens. Wait, Ooh. say that again, sorry, just so ev- people in the back can hear. <laughs> <laughs> say it louder. Yeah. Google, Google the unconscious biases test online. It is a test by Harvard that you can do, and it actually goes through and tells you what unconscious biases That's you have wild. and whether you are more prejudiced towards a certain racial group. Maybe that be, um, you know, darker people or lighter people, older people, younger people, and you realise that it's, it came up with the traffic lights too that we you know we might cross the street when we see a certain person who looks a certain way mm. and we without actually there being any threat involved yeah I think wow. a key thing to acknowledge there is that people of colour aren't exempt from this either. Yeah. It's not like we're ganging up on no. everyone else saying oh you treat us so badly I think as a society in general we all need to focus mm. on looking at these things and understanding that we are it's so crazy yeah that we aren't able to just be receptive mm. to what people are saying that we aren't able to take on board that we are so keen to defend straight away and like, oh no i didn't do that i wasn't doing that like you know i'm not racist and it's yeah. kind of like well you know understand that yeah you know what is you're not trying to attack somebody personally yeah. you're just trying to adapt their vocabulary to not be so offensive and you're just trying to show them what is now acceptable and what is now what is you know the correct thing to say because yeah it's the same with anything old dab old dabbits old habits die hard (laughs) and you know it's not to say that they that things just because something was a thing in the past that it should be maintained within our future but it is it's still doable yeah it's, it, might, it might be hard, but, you know, things things are hard. Mm. It's interesting that you said that, actually, about the old habits dying hard. I think, um, and I've noticed this, this a lot with a lot of the older generation, obviously, they're quite rooted in their beliefs because of the time that they grew up in. Mm. And a lot, there is a lot of, you know, racial slurs that still pop up in their vocabulary. Yeah, and they might not and even they, be meant exactly. with any kind of or like, intent. They just have this mindset because of the time that they grew up in. Um, but like you said, you can't justify that just because of oh, they grew up during the war. They know that it's not okay to say things like that mm. now. They live in this time just like how we do. They live in the society that we live in. Yeah. So they know right from wrong. And by saying, oh, you know, he grew up in a different time. Yeah, I grew up in a different time to him, but, like, I still... It's still not okay to say things like that. You know where we should leave those words, Ali? Mm -hmm. Back in the day. This is Back in the Day by Erica (laughs) Badu. You're listening to The Power of She. was Dang by Fatima. You are here with Jenna, Sophia and Ali and we are chatting all things being lovely, beautiful women of colour. Part two. Part Part two two to this conversation. The tea was just too hot and there was too much beforehand. That you guys have been kind enough to come back and really talk about your experiences as young women of colour and the different things that you experience but also the similar things you experience yeah it's interesting isn't well. it it's very interesting and i think that as i was saying earlier it's perhaps something that we don't quite think about mm. we're so hell-bent on being like oh we're so different to other people acknowledging what separates us from other people that we don't think about actually you know what like other people are gonna have these same kind of insecurities and stuff like that as well. Like, Maya Jama just got a four-page spread in um, British Vogue. 
and they were, she was kind of talking about how she's she's hilarious like on social mm. media and she posts very very obviously dolled up beautiful pictures but she also posts a lot of very real just funny things yeah and the interviewer was kind of asking her like you know like why like you you obviously are like incredibly stunning you have the ability to always be show you you could show yourself just at your best basically why do you why do you consciously want to show yourself like at your worst and she was kind of saying that you know like if i own my imperfections nobody else can take them away from me yes and i think that that's what is so true like we were saying earlier how tattooed on me (laughs) there's a notion of the fact that everybody else understands our you know understands us as people because they just read literally from the color of our skin like not all people not all people at all some people don't see it like that but you know there are unfortunately a few people who do immediately think you know they don't they don't realize that they're racially profiling people yeah but they are like subconsciously and it kind of taps into you know you know the fact that everybody else seems hell-bent that they know exactly what you're like as a person they know things about you already and when you could be like actually no like i don't really relate to that that's not really me Mm -hmm. but you know when you start to like own the kind of things that make you different and own the things that separate you from people you can it's easier for you to highlight the things that actually make you similar to other people Mm -hmm. if that makes sense yep yeah, I just thought that was a nice little story that I read in in Vogue today. Check me reading Vogue. <laughs> fancy, who is fancy. she? Who is? Who is? I don't know. I don't know. Flex. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm here with the flex now. You yes. two, you two have been flexing with uh, the amount of boys you get in your DMs. Oh yeah, it's yeah, totally a flex, is it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Call out to all the nice boys then for me to have a real flex. In this is DMs. the second call out Sophia has made. Yeah. <laughs> so we need more men listening. True. True. But what we were talking about earlier was discourse. Yeah. Because I think that is also a very important element of what we have to say and a very influential aspect is analysing the way in which we speak about these things because I think it is so important to open up the conversation. As I was saying earlier, we need to try and combat this defensiveness, but on both sides, on both Mm -hmm. regards. I feel like... I need to start actually vocalizing when people offend me and when people yeah. upset me rather than letting it slide because yeah. then I make myself liable as well. It's like, how can I place all the responsibility on somebody for upsetting me and offending me if they don't know they're offending me? There are some people yeah. who outright do, don't get me wrong, Yeah, and it's within their intention, but when people slip up and say things that are beyond the boundaries kind of thing... Yeah then I feel like I need to try and take it on myself to be more expressive of that and to be like, you know what, actually I'd prefer it if you didn't say that or this is the word that I prefer you to say or that's not quite, you know, that's not quite what what we're looking to to achieve right right now. What about you guys? What do you think with regards to either particular words or like phrases or how we go about having this discussion with people in order to make things better for the future? Um, I was saying off air before there were two main like words slash phrases that even to this day at the age of 24 they still get to me purely because they were used on me yeah Yeah, to make me feel like shit at a very young age and um one of those was ling ling um for those of you that are very good people and don't know what that is um, i've never heard that yeah really well you're just you are surrounded by some great people then <laughs> no joke um lingling is a term that is used to describe and degrade um an asian woman um it's sort of like oh like you know lingling i don't know anyone named lingling or have the <laughs> the word ling in their name um but it's sort of like um mocking the sound um of Chinese, yeah, of um, of Chinese, the language, um, and also the names that um, you know, Asian people have. Like, we have Asian names. What's the big deal? Um, and so, even though for me as a Filipino, we are from we are from the Spanish, um, we're derived from Spanish and Portuguese, and so my name is actually very Spanish. My last name is Banyosa. That's like the proper way of saying it. So I don't have an Asian sounding name per se, but I was still called Ling Ling because I look Asian and it just was like, Oh, you're a little Ling Ling. And like, no, I'm no, but 
whatever. Um, another one that really always got to me was chink. Um, oh, that hurt my, that hurt me just then, even just saying that. Um, chink is, um, a derogatory term used to describe any Asian person, um, specifically Chinese. Um, but yeah, that was used a lot, a lot. Um, and even to this day, it's just sort of like, if I hear any of that shit out there in the open, I'm just kind of like, I just want to claw at anything and just be like, you need to grow up and stop this. Yeah. Like, why, why are we still using these words? Why are we still describing people as this? Yeah, why We're do grown. we find it necessary? I feel like yeah. people are very aware that these words mm. have... A negative impact. I kind of got into a discussion mm. with somebody um, recently mm. about the N word because I was saying that personally, like the words that you were saying there, I I wouldn't sit there and repeat that to you. Yeah, it doesn't feel what? right coming out of my mouth. I, I wouldn't never, repeat that. Like as someone who's not um, of African descent, not black in any way, shape, or form, I would never use that word. Like, ever. Because it's not my word to use. Yeah. And I love that people are taking that word back well, and yeah. using it for their uh-huh. their own power. They're taking that negative connotation out of it, or they're trying yeah. to, and empowering it for themselves. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say, mm. really, in this discussion that I was having, is that the person was giving me their point of view. Mm-hmm. They were saying that by having this attitude of you know saying oh we must remove this word Mm -hmm. we must like not say it it kind of gives it a level of power that it's not intended to have so then people can use it to say you know people who know they want to hurt you it's where it's like you know when it used to be so broadly used and yes it was derogatory Mm -hmm. and everyone knew that but because it was so broadly used you could argue i'm not saying this is correct or this is the appropriate this is not my opinion but you know it was perhaps less offensive then whereas now you've allowed people to have a weapon yeah because they know they're going to hit you where it hurts by saying that now i understand the logic behind it it would be nice if people could reclaim and get rid of that kind of derogatory notion that is behind it. Yeah. But there is always going to be a negative side to it, whereas now you've just given people a whole heap of ammunition. Yeah. Because they know they can now use that. And I kind of want to get your opinion in as to whether you can fully reclaim those derogatory terms. Yeah. Can we ever do that? Because we're constantly found in this discussion and in this debate of oh well how come you can say it oh well if you can say it how come i can't say it and then then we end up in this issue of like oh well i know i'm not supposed to say that so i'm gonna say it and that gives it all the more power will we ever be able to reclaim these kinds of words i think we need to go back for a second and just clarify here that 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 the n-word has come from specifically and and mainly from um American to US American history when they brought in after white settlement in their country they have brought in they abducted they yep. took took people from from Africa from the continent of Africa they they misled those people said hey we're going to take you on a holiday actually you know forced them into their Funny boats kind of holiday if you ask me <laughs> made them slaves, had them on their cotton plantations, had them living in these depraved situations. They completely abused them, raped the women, had children with the with the women and then shunned them and we had, you know, years of this is, you know, very um brief history and then we had years of segregation and, you know, the civil rights movement but battles between, you know, states because of, you know, wanting to abolish slavery, wanting to keep slavery, and that word has been used over and over again and was used in back in, in slavery days um, upon black people to call them, you know, make them seem primitive, make them seem savage. You're just a dirty N-word. You're just an N-word. That's all that you yeah. are. To completely steal them of their identity. And so that is why... And to make them subhuman. That, yeah, mm-hmm. to dehumanise them, and that is why there is such a... A, a problem with it. I think a lot of people just go, oh, that's like a curse word and we can't say that. But why can't we say that? It is riddled with... Oppression. Oppression. And, 
Yeah, a lot of people, I think, even in modern day society in, in our country, but especially in America and other countries, it's still used to degrade people of colour mm. and be like, oh, they're just N words, they're just, you know, they're nothing, they're never going to amount to anything, they've come from nothing, they don't have a good upbringing, that's all they are, as an excuse. And the thing about um, discourse and the language that we use is that that is the building block for all the rest of of racism and discrimination in any society. It works the same way with sexism, with racism. It's all the same thing. It starts with the language we use because it cements these ideas that certain behaviours are okay because we're allowed to hold certain attitudes based on the language that we use. And I had a conversation with a friend once mm. because I went to school with a bunch of guys and we were all friends for a long time and we've all ended up not being friends anymore because I completely was hurt by the language that they would use, not just for, about people of colour, but about, but um, you know, of all races, really, yeah. that they would use against Asian people, against Indigenous Australians, and I found it really wrong and offensive, making jokes about genocide and about, you know, Germany. Oh, no. It's just horrifying. It's very underground, though, because people know it's wrong. And But one of my friends, who's actually mm. a girl, and she said, you know, I think, though, you're being a bit too intense because it's okay if people say these things. You don't say it in what? public, but no, you can make jokes um... about it behind closed doors. And I'm like, but don't you realise then you're still justifying that this is okay? Yeah. And that's why people are like, why do we still have racism in this country? Because we are still looking at yep. people of different races to us and going, you're not, you know, making jokes like, oh, you're, they're all drunkards, they're all mm. alcoholics, they're all on drugs, they're all in gangs. And that is totally where it all cements from. Can we reclaim that word for ourselves? Yes and no. I think we are trying and I think rap culture, hip-hop culture has definitely tried to, mm. you know. But the problem is that when other people who shouldn't be using that word want to be included and can appreciate that music style, can appreciate that type of culture, then try to use it to include themselves. And it's like, and then when you say no, they feel ostracised. And it's like, wow, welcome to the word of being a minority for a second to be on the <laughs> other side of it. And they're totally freaked out by yeah. it. So, I don't know. I feel very conflicted about whether we can really come to this. Yeah, I think heinous about it. What's your perspective, Ali, in terms I think, of the words that really apply to you? Yeah. Well, I, it was actually quite interesting that you were saying, like, you know, that someone would say, it's okay to, to say that behind closed doors. Oh, because the out. thing about that is that people will always surround themselves with other like-minded people. And so that feeds that energy of like, oh, I've said this word and this person's going to be like, yeah, dude, you can say that and encourage that. And it just becomes this big ball of negativity. And you, and you know, you step outside of that circle for a minute, say what you say to your friends, someone's going to call you out on it and you'll be like, okay, I'm going to go back to my friends now yeah, because they say it's okay. Yeah. Um, and it's that same, like, look, it's the, it's the same deal in the sense of, like, we're trying to take back those words, but there isn't enough of us who are really genuinely trying and who really want to. Um, I think in Asian culture, we're very passive. We are, I, I know for me, um, you know, you kind of do get brought up being like, look, just let them have their thing. It's all right. We'll, we'll just look after our own. And just let them do what they want. But for me, I don't think that's okay. It's not okay for people to call me a chink and to call me Ling Ling and to call me a gook and whatever else you, whatever you know other words you, you want to call me. It's not okay and I'm going to call you out on it um, because that hurts me. And my feelings are valid. Your feelings are valid. Whoever person is hurting me, their feelings are valid if I say something that hurts them. So reclaiming words and vocabulary, I think we can do it. But we really do have to make a conscious effort and it's not going to be a one-time thing. It's going to have to be an effort that's made over time. And we can't just be like, it's my little group here is going to be like taking back that word. We all have to make an effort to stop this shit. You know what I'm saying? Of course. I totally agree with both of you. I think it's very, very difficult. And yeah, what Sophia was saying about the historical context, yeah. I don't think people really appreciate Add so much weight. And please, please Google it because I know for myself, not being a black person, 
I didn't understand the context of it. Everyone Once, has Google. Yeah. Use your as phone. As soon as you Google it and you look at the history, you're going to hurt as well. You can go on Tinder, blackface. Bumble and send Sophia weird <laughs> messages so you can Google at the same time. But anyway, <laughs> we're going to jump into a track. This is Leeway by Rebecca Hatch. I absolutely love this track. She's a local girl as well. Is she? Yeah, I listened to it today and I can't get enough of it. So enjoy. Pick me up, set me free. I'm a fossil, I'm no use. Unless you learn my history. Beautiful sounds of Rebecca Hatch there with Leeway. I love that song. I've literally had it on all day today. So, so beautiful. But ladies, we are wrapping up. We are rounding off for what has been another explosive, incredible episode. I feel like we need, we need a part three, but part three can't happen. Because we, could, <laughs> Too much. we could just sit here and talk all day about these things. Oh, for real. But to really kind of encapsulate our conversations, to round things up and to really bring together everything that we have been saying tonight. I just have one last question for you ladies and I think it really is to ask you your opinions on solutions because mm-hmm. as I say we could sit here and analyze and you know talk about all of the things that are problems and all the things that are problematic and issues but to be realistic I feel like we have to start coming with solutions and again this is going to only be your own personal opinions I'm not expecting you to speak for the world to speak mm-hmm. for every person of color to speak for every person in general yeah but from a personal perspective, what would you guys like to see in the future going forward? If you had your time again, growing up as a young woman, what would you? What would be really important to you? Oh, go on, Faith. Okay. <laughs> um, I was thinking about this actually the like the whole second half of the show, and the first thing I wanted to say was that it's so important when we, as people of color, bring things up to someone who's not a person of color. We are, we are in a way really reliant on you because there is power in white explaining, mm-hmm. and it's unfortunate that I have to go through you to have something that I am saying in my experience respected, but also sometimes it's necessary for you to be my ally here and stand with me on an issue, something that I'm going through, whether that's language, whether that's you know an actual issue like Invasion Day or something else. I need you to stand with me and actually represent on behalf of me to provide yeah. that support because people will listen to you sometimes more than they I will listen to myself and that's just the reality of the mm-hmm. society we live in <sighs> thank you for that thank you Real. for that all facts no moment. printer yes <laughs> Ali, Ali is holding on to that <laughs> Ali what would you say what would be your mm. answer to that question what would you really wish that you could have if you had the chance to change your time growing up as a young woman yeah and being a, a young woman of color I think there's two sides to it um, for the people on the outside looking in just be a little bit more open-minded. Be a bit more kind. Um, try. I know we're automatically going to have unconscious biases the minute that you look at someone, but take a step back from that and be like, hang on, why am I thinking this? Maybe this person's cool. You know, maybe have a chat to that person. You don't know if you vibe with someone until you actually open up your mind, open up your heart and speak to that person. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Sophia said, be an ally. Just stand with us. That's all we want. We just want some sort of help and support there from everyone. Yeah. Um, and I think from us as people of colour, we need to be more receptive to that support. Yeah. Because there are people who do want to support us. Yeah, and don't look at and them don't, so strangely yeah. and be like, why do you want to help? Like, why? I why? know. What? Yeah, exactly. It's like, what? instead of being like, what are you going to gain from yeah. being on my side? Just be like, you know what? You're being there. Be more open-minded for us as well. And... Let's try not to keep within our own little groups. Of Let's course. just be like, you know, look look at us girls in this in this one room right now. We are so incredibly multicultural, it's ridiculous. And this is what the world needs to be like. Instead of being like, Oh, I'm Asian, so I'm gonna stick with, you know, just the Asians. Yeah, yeah be like an you know what? responsibility on yeah. our side as well. I think that is so true. Yeah. And trying to 
sort of trying to round up everything that we've said and encapsulate mm-hmm. on that I think that it is so correct there in saying that we each have our own personal responsibility it's a two-way street we have to be more receptive to help we have to be more open to asking for help and to you know saying that we do need allies and that we do need people to understand mm-hmm. I think that if I, I was trying to look back on my experience and change things as a young woman I would just try and make more platforms and make more spaces yes where I feel reflected I remember watching a youtube video Mm. where i was like horribly old i think it was like 18 Mm. and i watched a youtube video and the feeling that it gave me afterwards was so incredibly euphoric and it took me a while to realize it was a video just about styling clothes i think um but it was by a mixed race youtuber and it was the first time that i had seen somebody like me because i'd grown up for such a long period of my time in a predominantly Caucasian area where I just didn't fit in. I've just, I feel like as a young woman, I would love to create more spaces for us to feel accepted, yeah. for us to feel welcome, and for us to see ourselves reflected in whatever shape or form that may be. Because looking back on that, it's so crazy to think that, you know, I was feeling that much happiness just from seeing myself reflected, feeling like I was welcome in a space and feeling like I could relate to something. Mm. So I think that you're so right, Sophia, and you're so right, Ali, that we do need to make it a two-way street, accept help, ask for help. Mm. But we also need to use our initiative to create platforms yes. and have the discussion. So like we are sitting here now doing mm. today, have the discussions, open up the discussions, open up the thoughts, talk about these things and make more spaces for fantastic things to happen for all young women, but especially young women of colour also. Woo! And on that note, we're going to have to wrap up and say goodbye, unfortunately. But thank you so much, ladies, for coming in and joining me tonight. It has been fantastic to have you on again. I wish we could keep going, but (laughs) we will have to put a lid on that conversation for now anyway. And I have a really lovely track to send the listeners off with tonight. Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I'm going to be very surprised if Ali hasn't heard this one because it is huge. But it's got a nice, inspiring message. I'm scared now. Pressure. It's got a female twist on it. Uh So this is... Keep your head up by... Is it Janae Aiko? Yes! That that is my queen. She is actually the mixed race queen. Yeah. If you don't know, you need to know. You You need need to know. know. So get around this track because obviously it's originally a Puck song. Yeah. But the message behind it, ladies, keep your heads up. Hold your heads high. Embrace what makes you different and create these opportunities for yourself you will find a space where you are reflected you will always be welcome and you are always welcome here on the power of she so on that note catch us back here next week same time same place ali do you want to introduce this track no just play i'm crying (laughs) (laughs) good night ladies and gentlemen have a fantastic weekend This was a Sin Media Podcast, previously heard live on Sin 90.7. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye.